Hey y'all, it's A Few Minutes with the Pew Podcast. I'm Lily. And I'm Maddie. And we have a passion to see people make Jesus number one in their everyday lives. We want to get serious about being serious for Jesus. Will you join us? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We are really excited to have you joining us today for yet another episode. We are back in the studio talking about something that I don't think we've talked about on the show for quite a while now, and I'm excited to dive into this. It's something that our family is super passionate about. It's what we actually do for most of our ministry, not just the few, but also for our family ministry. And that is evangelism, the topic of evangelism. We teach people how to share their faith and how to do this in their everyday lives. And so today we're going to be talking about evangelism, but we're going to be really digging deep into how to create a culture of evangelism in your little corner of the world and specifically the assisted suicide of the church. And I love that title. I'm sure you guys saw that title and were like, oh my goodness, what is this about? And I hope that this episode will live up to your expectations because I'm really excited to discuss this in terms of what it means to be a true convert. I don't Mm -hmm. think we understand this in the American church anymore. I think we've lost sight of the fact that being a convert of Jesus means so much more than we think it does. We expect so little of people. We have settled for this idea that to really follow Jesus is just to make a decision, just to Mm -hmm. accept him into your heart, and that's it. And that's not the case at all. We see in Scripture over and over again that there are expectations, that Jesus requires our obedience, and that our obedience is really just an outpouring of our love, and it's a confirmation of it. And it's something that the lost world watching sees and is attracted to Mm -hmm. and wants. And so this is how evangelism works and how Jesus wants us to share our faith with others and how I believe the early church was ultimately successful in starting the church as a whole because they had the spirit, they had the power of the spirit working in them, and they didn't neglect sharing the gospel like we often do in today's world. And then we wonder why we're not seeing new converts, Mm -hmm. why we're not seeing true disciples being made in our everyday lives. And that is on us, guys. I'm just going to start off this episode by being honest and truthful with you. We have neglected our duty as Christians for far too long when it comes to evangelism. And because of that, the Holy Spirit has not been working in our little corners of the world specifically because we're neglecting that. And that's how disciples are made. And that's how we live this thing out in our everyday lives and how we see people truly come to Jesus and have an encounter with him that is not just a mere experience. And that's Mm -hmm. what we want people to get. So that's what we're going to chat about in today's episode. Now that I just gave like the whole thing away. Why do I always do that? Higher synopsis. Not the whole thing. Detail was excluded. Not a detail. (laughs) All right, Maddie, start us off with any announcements or anything that we need to catch up on and we'll get right into the episode. Okay, so I feel like I've gone over literally everything that we do (laughs) over the past couple weeks and I just keep like repeating myself. So today 
I wanted to remind you guys about our Christian resources page. This is something that we created for you guys as a resource for evangelism and for you to use with newer Christians or if you yourself are a new Christian and you're looking for a resource that is in more of a list format of things that you can be watching, listening to, doing, reading, Mm -hmm. things like that. This is a great resource for you. It's completely free and you can find it on our blog, which our blog is linked in the description of this episode. And then you will just go to our resources tab on the blog and it'll be right there for you to download. And feel free to share it with your friends and uh, have them go and download it. This is a great resource for small groups, for Sunday school classes, for your personal relationship with Jesus and just being able to grow in all the different things that you're doing. Because I know that sometimes it can be a little bit intimidating, especially if you are a new Christian and you're making this complete transition from your old life into something new. It can be hard to figure out what you actually do, what you listen to, what you read, what you replace the old things with. Mm -hmm. So this is a really great list for you to look at and to apply to your life and just find some really great Christian stuff that is really good for you, your kids, your family. Mm -hmm. Okay, Maddie, so we're going to start in with a question and I just want to see what your thoughts are on this, like your immediate thoughts, kind of a rapid fire, but not really since you know the topic already. What do you think a true convert really looks like and how do you think they should view evangelism? I think a true convert looks like someone who actually continues in their faith, and that is something that unfortunately we don't see very much in the church out of new converts, mainly because they are not genuinely true converts, and that is on us. Like Lily was saying earlier, that is our fault for not practicing effective evangelism. And so I think that a true convert is someone who has a genuine life change and is encouraged to continue in that change. Mm -hmm. And I think the church as a whole, uh, especially the American church, has overlooked this a lot. And they kind of think that it is simply up to the new convert themselves to figure out their life Mm -hmm. and to figure out how do I replace the old with the new? How do I completely change everything? Because that is what scripture tells us to do when we get saved is to completely change our lives and have it center around the gospel. And I don't really know why we expect people who have never been Christians before, many people who have never even been exposed to Mm -hmm. the gospel before, to know how to do this. Because it can be a complicated process, especially when you are ministering to someone who has this life full of sin and sinful influences and environments that are not extremely easy to get out of or to get away from. So they're kind of just at a loss as to what do I do when I have these friends coming over, these family members that are influencing me. Mm -hmm. My work environment is not that great and I'm around a lot of bad influences there. What do I need to replace in my life personally? Like, do I need to replace my music? Do I need to replace my TV shows? Do I need to replace this or that? And so it's a very weird process for them, I think, because they have this desire, especially people who are genuinely wanting to turn their lives around, who genuinely get saved. They're in the middle of this huge process Mm -hmm. of wanting something completely different and yet not even knowing necessarily what that is. And so that's where the church is supposed to come in. Unfortunately, most of the time, if we are even practicing evangelism and we have someone get saved, then we're just kind of like, okay, I go to church here. You can sit with me on Sundays if you want to. And that's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. And that's a good starting point, I think, especially if you have a good church community. You obviously want new converts to 
be going to church and to have a community that they can be around. And that's definitely a part of the replacement process. But I think first and foremost, it starts with us being intentional in one-on-one continued evangelism. And that's where we tend to get it wrong because we go out, we pray for someone, we share the gospel with them, they get saved. And then it's simply come to church with me. It's not let's go get coffee together. It's not come over to my house and we'll hang out together. If you want to get away from those bad influences and you need an excuse, just call me and you can come over or Mm -hmm. I can come pick you up and we can go do something. And then like being intentional with that time that you have together and not just letting it be a simple hangout session. It can be like, okay, so you realized that you weren't supposed to be around those people. You called me. Great job. But what are we going to do when you are around those people? Mm-hmm. How are you going to effectively keep your eyes focused on Jesus and not focused on the bad influences and the things that they are bringing into your life? And so true evangelism is a continued process. And I think that's why the church in Acts was so successful and that kind of thing. And we were actually just listening to a sermon from Francis Chan, and he was talking about how discouraged he gets when he reads Acts. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, mm. Amen there, because it is discouraging to look at the American church today and then to look at the church in Acts and to see two completely different things Mm -hmm. that don't seem to mix at all. That is where they were different, I think, the church in Acts. They were very community-minded, and Mm -hmm. it was a continual process for them. And we read about that all throughout Acts. And so we have this great example to follow of what continued evangelism and what we in the church like to call discipleship looks like. Mm And yet we're completely neglecting that. And we're just telling people, come to church, get involved in a program of some kind, and that should fix everything. But what do they do the other five or six days a week where they don't have Wednesday night Bible studies or Sunday morning church? Like, what do they do in between there? Because they do have a life full of sin and bad influences. And for those of us who have been Christians for longer, I mean, we have those things in our lives too. We have environments that... Mm -hmm include bad influences and we have family members and friends who are not Christians and who may influence us to do things that are not Christ-like. But as more mature Christians, we can deal with that a little bit better Mm -hmm. and we can just kind of ignore it. As someone who's a new Christian and who has been living that life for lots of times for a long time, it's extremely difficult for them to get out of that and to do something different, Mm -hmm. especially when the people around them have not had that same life-changing experience that they have because then everyone else is just like, what in the world is up with you? Right. You've done this for years and years. We've always done this together. We've always talked about this together. We've always done these things and now you just all of a sudden don't want to. Well, that's ridiculous. Come on, let's just do it. And so it can be extremely difficult for them. And so I think the assisted suicide thing comes into, we have these new converts that fill seats for a few weeks and they come, they seem to be on fire for Jesus. And yet the church seems to be the one that really allows that fire to go out. And we allow them to get caught up in that old life again, because that is so easy to do. Even for those of us who are the more seasoned Christians, like I was talking about, I mean, let's not forget the fact that we allow bad influences to actually impact our life and we allow the environments that we are in to make a difference in our life. So as someone who knows what is right and knows how to actually avoid those things, Mm -hmm. why do we expect new Christians to be able to do that so easily without any kind of help? That is where the church just assists its own death because we 
have these people that come in, they fill seats, they seem to be on fire, and then we just leave them there. We leave them in that seat. We Mm -hmm. let them warm that seat for a while, and we're happy with that because our numbers are up. And then when they stop coming, no one bothers to reach out. No one bothers to, like, figure out why, what they're up to. Mm -hmm. If something changed and they really need some help with something, like, none of us even bother to do that. And so then our numbers start going back down. And I think also for like the seasoned Christians, we all have this desire in us to see new converts and to bring new converts into our Christian communities. And when we don't see that happening in our own churches, we can also tend to get discouraged. And Mm -hmm. so there's where more of our numbers are going down. More people are neglecting the church because what am I getting there that I'm not getting somewhere else? And that is where we are in big, big trouble, especially in 21st century America because people want something radical to follow and we are not offering that to them. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I think that something we need to understand about evangelism is that the goal is to see people move from darkness to light. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. And the expectations that we have for converts today are not the expectations that Jesus presents in scripture. He expects them to continue on in their faith, to follow him wholeheartedly, to be obedient to his commands mm-hmm. and to be a part of a culture of evangelism. I think that we've really neglected this in the church today because we don't want to admit and recognize that we have responsibility in this, that as seasoned Christians, as you were talking about earlier, we have a responsibility to mm-hmm. create and be a part of and almost manage, I don't know what other word I'm looking for, but to almost oversee a culture of evangelism Mm -hmm. within our little corners of the world. And I think that it's so cool to watch like in our Bible study group, for instance, like Maddie and I have been discipled by so many Sunday school teachers, by our parents, by people who have just come alongside us and poured into us and shown us what it looks like to truly live for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And how radical it is. It's not just this Sunday morning experience. It's so much more than that. And they've shown us that. They've lived that out. And we have seen that displayed in others' lives. We've been brought along in that. Mm -hmm. And it's been modeled to us. And so because it's been modeled to us, we have a passion to do that in our everyday lives. It's just this natural overflow of the goodness that we are experiencing in Jesus through the week. And so you can't help but share that with others. It's just this natural thing that comes out when you're talking with people. And no longer do you want to be involved in those sinful evil practices, your whole heart and your whole life, just you long to have it revolve around Jesus and Mm -hmm. around the things of him. And so everything else, the music, the shows, the activities, everything that everybody else is doing suddenly becomes unattractive to you. You don't want to be a part of that because there's something so much better that you're experiencing in Jesus. Mm -hmm. But that can't survive for long if it's just you trying to do that alone. If you are trying to fight the whole world alone, and especially as a new Christian, that does not work. You have to be involved in a culture of evangelism. And as Christians, that needs to be the goal. If we are not modeling 
a culture of evangelism, if we're not cultivating a culture of evangelism in our everyday lives, then what are we really doing with the people that we're talking to about Jesus? Mm -hmm. Just like Maddie said earlier, we're leaving them to warm our church seats. And that's about it. It ends there. We don't want to be responsible for making sure that they grow and Mm -hmm. that they continue. And I'm not saying it's all on us. I'm not saying that it is our sole responsibility to get them saved and sanctified and all of that stuff. It's definitely not just us. It's the power of the Holy Spirit working through us and moving us to talk to these people and giving us the boldness and the courage that we need to talk to them. Mm -hmm. But it is our responsibility as Jesus followers to model this to them, to model the gospel, to be in the word, to be in prayer, to understand what it looks like to live wholeheartedly for him and not be swayed by the ideas and the mindsets and the things that the world loves. We are not to be swayed by those things. We are to be rooted in the truth of Jesus. That's it. It ends there. We have to realize that evangelism only flourishes in a culture of evangelism. Evangelism does not continue in a new convert that is just left to do their own deal that is just left to their own devices, that does not have Jesus modeled to them and this lifestyle, this new lifestyle, this new creation lifestyle that they're supposed to be living. If that's not modeled to them, they will not go evangelize other people because it'll just be, oh, this is just my own deal. Everybody else is weird about it. They're saying and asking why I'm different, why I'm being weird. And it's embarrassing for new Christians who are not encouraged to be different, who are encouraged to live this radical Jesus out because they think it's just this quiet, okay, I share with one person, that's it, it's just me. No, you are supposed to have this passion for Jesus inside of you Mm -hmm. that triumphs over all of the other worldly things. But the problem is that we're so scared when we are evangelizing, if we even get to that point. Yeah. I think that's another point maybe that we should have started with is so many Christians are not even getting to that point. Yeah. Because they've been left to their own devices. They don't have that culture model to them. Even though they may be half-heartedly serious about living for Jesus, they're definitely not serious about sharing their faith because they're so scared of what the world is thinking mm-hmm. and how the world views them and how their status is going to be perceived and all those things. We have to model to people as the few who truly want to get serious about Jesus and want him to have full control over our lives, that this impacts every single thing and that it doesn't matter what people think of you. If you are invested in this kingdom building mindset, if you are invested in Jesus and what he's doing and you're actually experiencing his goodness and mercy in your life, then evangelism is just this natural outpouring of that. Mm -hmm. This is the result. This is the action behind what we're saying. I love that when Jesus calls the disciples, it's not just like, hey, replace the bumper sticker on the back of your boat with, I'm a Jesus follower now, like I'm fishers of men now. No, Jesus calls them to actually get out of the boat Mm -hmm. and to leave the boat behind. It's this whole new thing. It's this whole new idea. It's this whole new concept. It's this whole new process that they don't have any idea about that Jesus calls them to. Mm -hmm. And it's not just this, hey, say I'm a Christian, but continue living the same worldly lifestyle, continue to do what you've been doing. No, it's this go and sin no more. Have this radical change. Have this radical lifestyle that now you're living. And this is what Jesus calls us to in modern day Christianity too. 
the process hasn't changed, just in case anybody's wondering. Mm -hmm. And the reason that those people were able to succeed is because Jesus himself created a culture of evangelism Mm -hmm. and invited them into a community, not necessarily a part of the church, but this small Mm -hmm. community Mm -hmm. of people who were like, okay, I have no idea what this is supposed to look like. You have no idea what this is supposed to look like. I don't think he has any idea what this is supposed to look like. (laughs) Yeah. But Jesus knows what this is supposed to look like. And I guess we're all just kind of along for the ride. And then it just naturally happens because Mm -hmm. he's already created this culture of evangelism. Mm -hmm. That was his goal. And so when we create things with that as our goal and we live life with that as our goal, Mm -hmm. I think we will be able to see the same kinds of things in our lives. And this is not about necessarily uh, creating more programs in our church. That's not Mm -hmm. how you create a culture of evangelism. We were talking about this before we sat down to record because that's actually how you kill it. That's what we were talking about. That is part of the assisted suicide process because when you simply create programs, that programs people to keep evangelism inside the church only. Yep. When it's not going outside of the church, that quickly kills that culture of evangelism that you were trying to create in the first place because we're all Christians here. Mm-hmm. and we're not bringing in new people. We're not seeing new people get saved. And so why would we have a culture of evangelism when it's not benefiting anyone new that mm-hmm. who doesn't know what this looks like already? And so when we only create programs, we tell people this is something that happens in a classroom that you sign up for mm-hmm. at a church that your pastor teaches, yep. and that is it. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you can do outside of that. It's not something that you can form your own Bible study for. It's not something that you can invite people over to your house and talk about. I mean, when we were talking about hospitality a few weeks ago, this is what we mean. Like when you invite people over to your house, when you go out to coffee, you are bringing that culture of evangelism with you. It's not something that you leave behind in that classroom where your pastor taught you about it. Mm -hmm. It's something that you are bringing to the coffee shop. It's something that fills every single nook and cranny of your house that people can just feel it and see it in the way that you are behaving because that is where true evangelism happens. It happens when people are looking at your behavior and they're looking at the things that you love to talk about and they're seeing that it's all centered around evangelism. That's different than anything else they've seen in the church before because right now the American church is centered around itself. Mm -hmm. It's not centered around evangelism and Honestly, if we're all being completely blunt, it's not centered around Jesus either. Mm -hmm. So when they see us stepping outside of that and being like, okay, I'm going to create my own culture of evangelism and then I'm going to bring that into my church. I'm going to bring that into my Bible study groups. I'm going to bring that into every area of my life. It looks totally radical. And Mm -hmm. that's when you give them something radical to follow. Right. And that's why the church is failing. That's why the church is dying because we aren't giving anyone anything radical to follow. And that's what people want. They want something that looks completely different. Like why would I want to try and make this transition from old to new that you talk about when I'm just transitioning from old to a little less old? Mm. I'm just transferring into something that's a little tiny bit different. I'm just going to now, instead of just saying I'm a person, I'm going to say I'm a Christian person. That's not radical and that's not what we want. We want something that's going to completely change everything. Because if someone's willing to make the decision to follow Jesus, that means that they're willing to acknowledge that what they've lived before is not satisfying them. What they've lived before is not what they want to continue living. Mm -hmm. They want something completely different. And when we don't have a culture of evangelism, which looks like discipleship and it looks like genuine community with one another, 
they don't want to be a part of it Mm -hmm. because we don't have any of that. We're not cultivating that in Mm -hmm. our churches. And so it's something that is completely like when they first get saved, they have that prompting from the Holy Spirit to be evangelistic. Mm -hmm. It's something that we should all have. And yet, like Lily was saying earlier, we in the church look at them and we're like, why are you being so weird? Mm -hmm. Why are you telling everyone about this? Calm down. Focus on yourself a little bit. That's Mm -hmm. what we all do here. Yeah. You know, it seems to be working okay. Yeah. People don't want to join a church that Mm -hmm. is all about itself. They want to join a church that's all about Jesus and that's all about evangelism because Mm -hmm. they understand the power of evangelism. If they are lucky enough to encounter a Christian that is willing to evangelize, Mm -hmm. they understand the power of it and they want to continue that for themselves. But that's hard to do when they aren't taught how to do it and it's not modeled for them. Mm -hmm. Because I know that when you say, well, we need to teach people to evangelize, we all think of that program. We have been programmed to think of a program Mm -hmm. in the church and we've been programmed to think of this organization that we're going to be a part of and they're going to come in and teach us how to do it. And then not really though, because then it's like, okay, but my life does not only center around ministry. Mm -hmm. I am not a full-time missionary. So like, how do I implement that into what I'm already doing? Yeah. That's what a culture of evangelism does. Mm -hmm. It teaches you that when you are sitting around the dinner table with friends and they want to have a good, meaningful conversation, you know that that is going to be a spiritually minded conversation. It's not going to be about frivolous, flighty things. Mm -hmm. It's going to be something that is rooted in what you love most because what we love most, we talk about most. Mm -hmm. So right now, what the world loves most are new movies, new books, new social media trends, new all this stuff. Mm-hmm. That is completely shallow. And so when we love that more, that's what we talk about. That's wh- You want to know why your dinner parties don't have good conversation? That's why. Because mm-hmm. you love that more. Mm-hmm. When you begin to love Jesus more than anything else, you talk about him more than anything else. And not in a weird way where mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, Jesus, 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 love Jesus. You know, he's my best friend. Yeah. Don't Whatever. be weird and creepy, guys. That's it's not like, what we're saying. Yeah, Jesus is my best friend. And he can be your best friend too, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to go about that in a weird way. I'm just going to be talking about it Mm -hmm. in a very natural way. Because when the Lord's teaching you things where you're spending time with him, it's just like spending time with and being taught things by your other friends. You talk about that with your other friends. And so it's just this constant cycle of when you love Jesus, you talk about him. And when you love Jesus, you tell other people about him and you encourage them to love him the way that you do. I wanted to wrap up with this verse from 1 Corinthians 9.22. It's kind of a common verse and lots of people misinterpret it and it irritates me a lot. But we're going to talk about this a little bit in the way that it should be perceived. It's 1 Corinthians 9.22 and it says, to the weak I became weak that I might win the weak. I've become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. Mm -hmm. This is an important verse when we're talking about evangelism because Paul is not necessarily saying that we need to compromise our values and we need to just lower ourselves to the level of the people that we are around. That's how lots of people misinterpret this verse. What Paul is saying here is that we need to be what people need. Mm -hmm. We don't need to be like them. We need to be what they need. That is two very, very different things because they don't need someone that's the exact same as them because they are caught up in this cycle of sin and darkness and destruction. They don't need more of that. They don't need you to do that with them. Mm -hmm. They need you to be something different, someone who is willing and able to come alongside of them, to have a normal conversation with them. And to genuinely live life with them in a different way than how everyone else is living life Mm -hmm. with them. They need someone to tell them why you are able to do that, why you are able to become weak when they are weak and to be all things to all people. 
it doesn't mean that you lower your standards. It means that you become what people need. And what people ultimately need is Jesus. So you become like Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's a very simple logic. And that is how we create a culture of evangelism. Okay, we are going to wrap this episode up here. Uh, Lily was actually beforehand talking about making this into a series, a little mini series like we've been doing. If y'all are interested in that, you can let us know. It's not a definite thing yet. I'm not okay. promising because Lord knows <laughs> we'll have something totally different we next week. We can't promise things here. Oh but if you would be interested in that and you want to hear us talk a little bit more about evangelism and maybe even how that specifically looks in our lives, uh, which, I mean, we got into some of that today. But if you want to hear more about that, you can let us know by emailing us or DMing us on Instagram. All that stuff is linked in the description of this episode. But for now, we are going to wrap this episode up in prayer. So please pray with us. Lord, I just thank you for this day and I thank you for just laying this subject on our hearts and giving us the opportunity to talk about it with our audience here on the podcast. I pray that you would really just help each and every one of us to create a culture of evangelism in our everyday lives. Even if we don't have a lot of other people doing that around us, I pray that we would be the ones to start this thing and to invite other people to do it with us. I pray that we would genuinely be evangelizing people for you and that we would be telling them about the gospel and that we would be creating true converts, that we are willing to walk alongside and are willing to pour into. And I pray that you would just really make us true Christians in this area of our lives and just help us to be able to improve our churches and improve our small groups by creating a culture of evangelism. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I just think it's so powerful to think of the fact that not only can we share our testimony and how good the Lord is to us with others, but how good it is to actually do that with others, how mm -hmm. good it is to come together in unity and to actually talk to people about Jesus together and to be able to create that culture together. I think that that's what the Lord has always intended. That's what we see modeled in scripture. And I personally want to imitate Jesus in that because I think that that is the true church model that we've lost sight of in the American church in modern day Christianity. We've mm -hmm. lost sight of this and we are actively participating in the assisted suicide of the church because of that, because we are settling for so much less than what Jesus wants to give us. And so I would just encourage us and challenge us to not settle anymore. Let's yeah. not settle for that when we can create a culture of evangelism. And that's what the Lord has always intended. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode and we will talk to y'all next Monday. Bye guys. Bye guys.